بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم in the name of Allah the most gracious the most merciful a day with your beloved one may peace and the blessings of Allah be upon him by Ayman bin Abdul Aziz Abanami, reviewed by Dr. Abdul Karim Ibn Abdullah Al Khudair. Bismillahir Rahman Rahim. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful. A day with your beloved one. May the blessings and peace be upon him. All praise is due to Allah who has made following his chosen Prophet Muhammad. May peace and a blessing for Allah be upon him the direct way to earning his love. He says in the Quran, say, if you love Allah, follow me. Allah will love you and forgive you your sins. Allah is much forgiving, ever merciful. Quran chapter 3 verse 31 To place the love of any human being ahead of the love of his messenger, Prophet Muhammad, is to forfeit one's faith altogether. The Prophet, may peace and a blessing for Allah be upon him, says, None of you truly attains to faith unless I am dearer to him than his parents, children, and all mankind. Related by Al-Bukhari. None of you truly attains faith unless I am dearer to him than his parents, children, and all mankind. Related by Al-Bukhari. Perfect peace and total blessings are due to Prophet Muhammad, the chosen messenger, the enlightening guide, the advocate bringing happy news who is a manifestation of Allah's bestowed mercy and blessings. May peace be upon him whenever night and day succeed each other and at every time he is mentioned by good believers peace be upon him as many times as the drops of rain the leaves on trees and the grains of sand and may peace be upon him also and may peace be also and may peace be also to uh, members may peace be also upon his members or the members of his household as well as the muhajirun the immigrants and the ansar and those who follow their good examples in all generations up to the day of judgment prophet muhammad has a special position in every believer's heart sallallahu alayhi wasallam every true believer would have loved to be one of the prophet's companions attending uh, 
attending with him, looking at his blessed countenance, listening to his fine discourse, witnessing his perfect manners, and how he worshipped Allah the Exalted. A true believer would wish to sacrifice everything for seeing the Prophet. May the blessing and peace be upon him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He, may peace and a blessing of Allah be upon him, said, Among those who love me best are some members of my community who will come after me. Each of them would wish to have seen me, even if he would sacrifice his family and wealth. Related by Muslim. People of a Tabi'een generation were of that type. Ibn Sirin said to Abdullah ibn Umr, We have some hairs of the Prophet which we received through Anas ibn Malik. Abida said, To have a single hair, to have a single hair of his is far more precious to me than the entire world and all it contains, related by Al-Bukhari. Commenting on this, Al-Dhahabi said, This scholar said this only 50 years after the Prophet had passed away. What should we say nowadays if we were to get some of his hair with a clear proof? Needless to say, such a proof is no longer possible. Al-Dhahabi also said, It is confirmed that when he shaved his head during his pilgrimage, his hair was distributed among his companions as a gesture of love related by Muslim. How I love to kiss one hair. How I love to kiss one hair. Jubair ibn Nufail said, We attended Al-Miqdad ibn Al-Aswad one day. A man passed and said to him, We attended with uh, Al-Muqdad ibn Al-Aswad one day. A man passed by and said to him, Blessed are your two eyes as they saw Allah's Messenger. May peace and a blessing for Allah be upon him. We would love to have seen and witnessed what you did. When Thabit al Bunani saw Anas ibn Malik, the Prophet's servant, he would kiss his hand. He said, I'm kissing a hand that touched Allah's messenger's hand. Yahya ibn al-Harth did the same with Wathila ibn al-Asqa. And a number of tabi'een with Salama ibn al-Akwa kissing their hands as they had pledged allegiance to the Prophet Muhammad. May the blessing and peace be upon him. Al-Hassan al-Basri related the incident that the Prophet used to lean on a tree branch in the mosque when he delivered his Friday speech. He later stood on a platform so that he could be heard better. The branch felt it and it was heard making a noise similar to that of a she-camel when its calf was taken away. Everyone in the mosque heard this noise. The Prophet came down and held the branch with his hand 
and it stopped related by al-bukhari al-hasan commented by saying muslim this is a piece of food missing the prophet it behooves you to show a stronger desire to meeting him may the blessing and peace be upon him with them it was not a mere feeling of love and desire to meet him it went further than that as they took action to implement his sunnah and follow his practice they thus hoped to attain a similar grade to what they had missed of meeting him abu muslim al-khawlani a prominent figure among the tabi'in said do muhammad's companions think that they can exclude us from him we shall most certainly compete with them for him so that they would realize that they were succeeded by real men thus abu muslim felt that the prophet's companions could not take the prophet for themselves he wanted to compete with them in the way they loved him it is an honorable competition as there could be no monopoly of good deeds distinction is attained by action and manners a competitor whose deeds slow him down in the race will not achieve an advanced position through his family and ancestors scholars said if you find someone competing with you in matters of this world let your competition be in matters of the next world if you can take the lead in pleasing allah do not hesitate to do that people in the early generations of islam after the prophet's companion and their after the prophets uh, the prophet's companions and their successors the tabi'un were keen to follow the prophet's sunnah in all matters of major and minor importance imam ahmad ibn hanbal who was a leading authority on hadith said whenever i wrote down a hadith i put it into practice one day i learned hadith that said that the prophet gave abu uh, tayba who administered cupping to him a dinar when i needed cupping i gave the man who administered it a dinar imam ahmed also said if you can follow a hadith concerning anything you do even scratching your skin then do it this is only due to the fact that he was the most perfect of human beings in all aspects imam nawawi said if you consider his physical appearance he was the most handsome of people and if you consider his manners you see the total perfection and if you look at his kindness and benevolence of to mankind particularly muslims you realize that he set the ultimate example of care undoubtedly one of the best blessings we may have is to love prophet muhammad may peace and a blessing for allah be upon him imam ibn al-qayyim said allah have mercy on his soul when a person is sincere in all thoughts and acceptance of allah's will he will be granted the love of allah's messenger may peace and a blessing for allah be upon him he will live such a spirituality that he makes the prophet his leader teacher and role model because allah made him his prophet messenger who guides people to him such a person will then want to study his life 
right from the early stages and how he received revelation. He will learn his manners, character and how he approached everything as well as how he slept, woke up, moved, worshipped, treated his companions and how he conducted himself at home. He will thus feel as if he is with him and one of his companions. My advice to everyone who has missed out on being a companion of the Prophet, my advice to everyone who has missed out on being a companion of the Prophet is to stick to his Sunnah and follow his practice. It is a splendid experience which you will highly appreciate if you live a day with your beloved Prophet Muhammad, may peace and a blessing for Allah be upon him, emulating him in everything he says and does, following his guidance at every point. You shall experience a day of pure happiness because you will be following the best one of all mankind, emulating him as if you are seeing him. Try it once and let the experience give its effect. When you have done that, I will wish you, I will wish you will emulate him in all your future days. Important note, it is not permissible to specify a particular day believing that it has a special merit unless there is clear text pointing to this. You may choose any day to start your companionship with the Prophet. May peace and a blessing for Allah be upon him. However, before we live a day with him, we need to mention what he looked like. The Prophet's appearance. Allah's Messenger, may peace and a blessing for Allah be upon him, was of average height with broad shoulders. His hair was down to the level of the end of his ears. He had the most handsome face and the best manners. He was neither too tall nor short, neither too white nor too dark. His hair was neither too curly nor too flat, related by Al-Bukhari. He looked very handsome, white with a fine face, as though he was made of silver. He was of fine color, and when he perspired, his sweat looked like pearls. He had a thick beard. Jabir bin Sumara was asked whether the Prophet's face was like a sword. He answered, no, it was round like the sun and the moon. His mouth was broad with long open eyes. He had thin muscles. He had thin muscles on his heels. He was white and of fine build, neither fat nor thin and neither tall nor short. He had large hands and feet, and his palms were flat. Anna said, I never felt silk or brocade to be softer than the Prophet's palm, and I never smelled musk or amber, which was of better smell than the Prophet's. Than the prophets. His sweat was gathered in bottle and was considered the best of perfume related by Muslim. Now, 
with a view at the Prophet's day, casting only a brief look, relying only on what is classified as authentic by the leading Hadith scholar of our time, Sheikh Muhammad Nasr al-Din al-Albani, and confining myself and confining ourselves to the six Hadith anthologists, except in rare cases. Waking up ablution and night worship when Allah's Messenger may peace and a blessing of Allah be upon him woke up he would say all praise be to Allah who has given us life after having gathered our souls to him all shall be resurrected he began with brushing his teeth he might recite the last 11 verses of Surah uh, 3 Ali Imran beginning with in the creation of the heavens and the earth and in the succession of night and day there are indeed signs for men endowed with insight chapter 3 verse 190 he would then perform the ablution i.e. wudu doing it well if he went to the toilet he would say he would say my lord i seek your shelter from all that is foul and evil when he came out he would say which means i seek your forgiveness he might cleanse himself with water at times or using three stones to cleanse himself uh, with or use both water and solid objects at times he would shield himself he would not urinate standing except in rare cases. So, when you when he would enter, he would say, "Lam na'udhu bika min al-khubthi wal-khabath," which means, "My Lord, I seek your shelter from all that is foul and evil." And when he would come back, he would say, "Ghufranak," which means, "I seek your forgiveness." When the Prophet performed his ablution, he would economize with water. He started with washing his hands three times he then rinsed his mouth and cleansed his nose three times using three handfuls of water he used half a handful for rinsing his mouth and the other half for cleaning his nose he inhaled the water with his right hand and blew his nose using his left using his left hand he encouraged inhaling the water thoroughly unless one is fasting. Next, he washed his face three times from the point of his head of his head hair down to his beard, which he might at times go through with his fingers. He would then wipe his head with both his hands, starting at the front, going right to the back, and bringing them to the starting point. He followed that with wiping his ears from inside and outside. He concluded with washing his feet three times up to his ankles. The Prophet, may peace and a blessing for Allah be upon him, said, whenever any of you performs the ablution and makes it perfect, then says, 
أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمد رسول الله which means I bear witness that there is no deity other than Allah and I bear witness that Muhammad is Allah's servant and messenger all eight gates all eight gates of heaven will be opened for him to enter at any he wishes he might add Allahumma ja'alni min al-tawabin wa ja'alni min al-mutatahirin which means, O oh Allah, O oh, oh my Lord, O oh Allah, my Lord, include me among your repentant servants who cleanse themselves. Allah's Messenger, may peace and a blessing of Allah be upon him, said, When a Muslim or a believer servant of Allah performs the ablutions and washes his face, his face will eject with the water or with the last drop of water every sin his eyes has gazed at when he washes his arms his arms will eject with the water or with the last drop of water every sin committed by his hands when he washes his feet his feet will eject with the water or with the last drop of water every sin to which he walked thus he ends free of sin related by muslim the Prophet used to pray 11 rak'ahs of night prayer, i.e. tahajjud. He would pray for rak'ahs. He would pray for rak'ahs. And you need not ask about their length and perfection. He follows these with another four rak'ahs. And you need not ask about their length and perfection. He then finishes with the three rak'ahs of witter prayer related by al-Bukhari. At times he offered 13 rak'ahs of night prayer. He would then lie down until his companion, who calls for the obligatory prayers, the mu'addin came to alert him. He would rise and offer two short rak'ahs, i.e. the Fajr Sunnah. He used to recite in these rak'ahs surahs, uh, surah 109 and 112, respectively. Sometimes he reclined on his right side, for a short period after offering these two rak'ahs, when he heard the adhan, the call for a prayer, he would repeat the same phrases. However, when the caller said, come to prayer, come to success, i.e. ala salah al-falah, he would say, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. No power operates except by Allah's leave. No power, uh, uh, no and no might operate except by God's leave. He has instructed all believers to supplicate to Allah to bestow or to supplicate Allah to bestow peace and a blessing on his messenger. The Prophet said, my intercession on the day of judgment is due to the one who says after hearing the Adhan, uh, after hearing the Adhan, our Lord, the Lord of this perfect call, and the due prayer grant Muhammad the wasila and perfect virtue and raise him to the honorable station you promised him. He also said, whoever says when he has heard the adhan, uh, I bear witness that there is no deity other than Allah and that Muhammad is his servant and messenger. I accept Allah as my Lord, Muhammad as Allah's messenger, and Islam as my religion shall have his forgive his sin 
uh, forgiven, related by Muslim. The Prophet then went to the mosque for the prayer. As he walked, he said, My Lord, place in my heart light, in my tongue light, in my hearing light, in my sight light, above me light, beneath me light, to my right light, to my left light, in front of me light, behind me light, and grant me great light, related by Muslim. He also said, give those who work uh, give those who walk to the mosques in the dark hours the happy news of having perfect light on the day of judgment. When the Prophet, may peace and a blessing be upon him, entered the mosque, he would step in with his right leg first. He would say, I seek refuge with Allah, the Supreme, and his all-time sovereignty against Satan, the accursed. When he entered the mosque, he would say, he would say, <clears throat> in the name of Allah, and peace be uh, upon Allah's messenger. My Lord, forgive me my sins and open to me the gates of your mercy. When he left the mosque, he would say, <clears throat> in the name of Allah, and peace be uh, upon Allah's messenger. My Lord, forgive me my sins and open to me the gates of your bounty. He recommended that we should say when leaving the mosque, My Lord, protect me against Satan, the accursed. How the Prophet offered his prayers. Prayer was what gave the Prophet heartfelt pleasure. It comforted him and was an ever helpful resource when facing something of a grave importance. When he wanted to pray, he would use his tooth stick, i.e. siwak, for a quick brushing of his teeth. He placed some object in front of him as a screen. When he prayed, he would stand at a short distance from that object, which could even be a spear. He ordered us that a worshiper should not allow anyone to pass across in front of him. The worshiper may physically stop anyone crossing in front of him. He would face the Qibla, the direction to the Kaaba in Mecca, then say, Allahu Akbar, Allah is greater. As he said it, he would raise his hands, keeping his fingers straight to be level with his ears, while his palms turned towards the Qibla. He would place his right palm over the back of his left hand, keeping both on his chest. He would look at the place where his head will be in prostration. He continued to look at the spot throughout his prayer. He would begin by supplicating, My Lord, keep me as far from sin as the east from the west. My Lord, wash sin of me with snow, water, and hail. My Lord, wash off my sins just like stains are washed off a white robe. The Prophet would then seek Allah's shelter, saying, I seek refuge with Allah, the all-hearing, all-knowing against Satan, the accursed, his whispers and exaggeration. He then inaudibly recited, Bismillah rahman rahim in the name of Allah, the Lord of grace, the ever merciful.
in the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. The Prophet then recited aloud the first surah of the Quran, Al-Fatiha, which is required to be recited in every rak'ah unit. He recited it very clearly, pausing at the end of every one of its short verses. He thus read, uh, I, he just read, praise be to Allah, the Lord of all the worlds, and paused, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, and paused, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, i.e. the Lord, Ar-Rahman uh, Ar-Rahim, the most gracious, the most merciful, uh, and pause, Maliki Yawmiddin, i.e. the master of the day of judgment, pause, etc. This was a feature of his recitation, pausing at the end of every verse. In his recitation, he elongated vowels. When he finished Al-Fatiha, he said, Amin, i.e. Amen. He said it aloud, elongating its vowels. He said that if one happens to say it at the same time as the angels, that person would have his past sins forgiven. In the Fajr obligatory prayer, the Prophet recited after Al-Fatiha in each rak'ah one of the long surahs of uh, Al-Mufassal, i.e. surahs 50 to 77. Or he may recite six, uh, 60 to 100 verses in each rak'ah, and at times he recites from other surahs, i.e. surahs uh, 2 to 49. In the Fajr prayer on Fridays, he recited in the first rak'ah, surah 32, prostration, and in the second surah, 76, man. Uh, in Dhuhr prayer, he used to recite about 30 verses in each of the first two rak'ahs and about 15 verses in the last two rak'ah, in the last two. The Asr prayer saw the Prophet reciting around 15 verses in each of the first two rak'ahs and around half that figure in the last two rak'ah, in the last two. At times, the Prophet only recited Al-Fatiha in the last two rak'ahs of Dhuhr and Asr prayers. At times, he let worshippers closest to him hear which verses he recited. In Maghrib, the Prophet recited short surahs of Al-Mufassal, i.e. surahs 93 to 114, and on occasions, he recited longer surahs such as Surah 52, uh, Mount Sinai uh, on one occasion, and Surah 7, the heights on another. In Isha prayer, the Prophet recited surahs from the middle uh, length, uh, Al-Mufassal, i.e. surahs from 78 to 92. When he finished reciting, the Prophet lifted his hands and said, Allahu Akbar, and bowed. During bowing, i.e. Ruku'ah, the Prophet placed his palms on his knees as if he was holding them with his fingers apart and his elbows leaning sideways. The upper part of his body is kept straight and his head neither fully raised nor kept flat uh, with his uh, back but taking a position in between. He would say three times, Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim, which means uh, limitless in his glory is my lord or glory be to allah the supreme at times he would repeat this glorification more than three times and at other times he would add to it phrases like uh, glorious holy the lord of the angels 
and the Holy Spirit, Subuhun And he would say, All glory is yours, Allah, our Lord, and all praise is due to you. My Lord, forgive me. He repeated this supplication often in his bowing and prostration. The Prophet also said, I have been ordered not to recite the Quran during bowing or prostration. During bowing, glorify the Lord. And during prostration, add your supplication. It is more likely that your supplication will be answered, related by Muslim. As he then rose from bowing, the Prophet said, which means, uh, may Allah answer anyone who praises him. Or may Allah or Allah listens to anyone who praises him. He again uh, raised, raised his hands as he stood erect and said, Rabbana walakalhamd, meaning our Lord, all praise is due to you or belongs to you. At times he said it without the conjunctive article, wa. At other times he may add at the beginning of the word, al, alhamd, uh, Allahumma, which is another word of our Lord. The Prophet said, when the Imam said, Sami'a, Allahu liman hamida, you should say, Allahumma rabbana laka alhamd. Whoever says it at the same time as the angels say it shall have his past sins forgiven. He endorsed the addition said by one of his companions, hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fi, which means, plenty of good and a blessed praise. He commented, I saw 30 odd angels racing, each hoping to be the first to put it on record. At times he added, uh, <clears throat> the fill of the heavens and the fill of the earth and the fill of whatever you like beyond these. He would then say, Allahu Akbar, Allah is greater, and go down prostrating himself. He made sure that both his forehead and nose were well placed on the floor, placed his palms flat with his fingers touching together and pointing towards the Qibla. His palms will be either parallel with his shoulders or with his ears, his knees and the front part of his feet sitting well on the floor, with his toes pointing towards the Qibla. His thighs touched neither his abdomen nor his shanks. He would put his arms away from his body so that the whiteness of his armpits, armpits would be seen by anyone behind him. During prostration, the Prophet repeated three times the phrase, uh, limitless in his glory is my Lord, the Most High, and sometimes he repeated this phrase more than three times. He again said what we mentioned that he said during bowing. He also supplicated saying, uh, My Lord, forgive me all my sin, small and large, first and last, public and private. He also said, uh, My Lord, to you I prostrate myself, in you I believe, and to you I submit myself. My face is prostrated to the one who created it and placed in it hearing and sight. Blessed is Allah, the best of creators. He may also say during his prostration, 
my lord i seek refuge with you your pleasure from your wrath i seek refuge with your pleasure from your wrath and with your blessing of safety from your punishment and with you from you i cannot praise you enough my praise is as you yourself has praised yourself the prophet may peace and blessing of be upon him said the closest position a person may draw towards allah is during prostration therefore supplicate more related by muslim he then lifted his head from prostration saying allahu akbar moving to the sitting position sitting on his left foot as he stretched it flat while he kept his right foot in the vertical position except that the toes of his right foot pointed towards the qibla he placed his palms on his thighs or his knees he would say my lord forgive me bestow mercy on me support me raise me guide me keep me safe and give me my provisions sometimes he would say my lord forgive me he might make this sitting as long as his prostration before he prostrated himself a second time doing this time the same as he did in the first prostration he then rose for his second raka after the second prostration of the second raka the prophet sat for tashahud placing his right palm on his right thigh or knee pointing with his index finger towards the qibla he would move his index finger and look at it he gathered together all his other right fingers or he might join his middle finger and his thumb in a circle he placed his left palm flat on his left thigh or knee he would say the tashahud in any of its forms such as the best greetings and the best blessings are offered to allah peace be to you prophet together with allah's mercy and the blessings peace be peace be to us and to all goodly servants of allah i bear witness that there is no deity other than allah and i bear witness that muhammad is allah's servant and messenger he would then bless himself in one of the forms mentioned in hadith such as uh, such as my lord grant peace to muhammad and muhammad's household as you granted peace to abraham or ibrahim and ibrahim's household you are worthy of all praise and all glory you are worthy of all praise and all glory and bless muhammad and muhammad's household as you blessed Ibrahim and Ibrahim's household you are worthy of all praise and all glory when the prophet rose for a third raka he would say allahu akbar lifting his hands when he sat for the second tashahhud he would do all that he did in the first one but he would sit on his left buttock he would keep his right foot vertical and bring his left leg under his right shank and thigh He said, when you finish your tashahhud, you may appeal for Allah's refuge against you, against four things. When you finish your tashahhud, you may appeal for Allah's refuge against four things. Say, <clears throat> my Lord, say, uh, say, for yourself as you wish this supplication means my lord i seek refuge with you from the torment 
in Jahannam, hellfire, and from the torment in the grave, and the trials of life and death, and the evil of the imposter. The Prophet taught Abu Bakr to say, My Lord, I have wronged myself much by committing sin, and no one forgives sinful action other than you, O Allah. Grant me your forgiveness and bestow mercy on me. You are the one who is much forgiving, ever merciful. He told Mu'adh to say after every obligatory uh, prayer, My Lord, help me to remember you, thank you and worship you well. The last thing the Prophet used to say after the tashahud and before he finished his prayer with salam was, My Lord, forgive me what I did earlier and later and what I did in private and public and what I transgressed and what you know better than myself. You are the one who puts ahead or last. There is no deity other than you. The Prophet then finished his prayer with salam, peace, turning his head to the right so as his right cheek is seen while saying assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah then turning his head to the left so as his left cheek cheek is seen while saying assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah having finished his prayer the prophet said three times astaghfirullah which means i pray for allah's forgiveness he followed that by saying my lord your peace and peace comes from you. Blessed you are in your majesty and your benevolence. He then said, There is no deity other than Allah, the one Allah who has no partner. To him all dominion belongs, and to him all praise is due. He has the power to do everything. Our Lord, no one can withhold what you give, and no one can give what you withhold. A person's resources are not useful without your permission. He also said, There is no deity other than Allah, the one Allah who has no partner. To him all dominion belongs, and to him all praise is due, and he has the power to do everything. No ability and no power works except by Allah's will. There is no deity other than Allah, and we worship none but Him, sincere in our faith in Him, however hateful this may be to the unbelievers. He also said, My Lord, shield me from your punishment on the day when you resurrect your servants. He recommended his community that after every obligatory prayer, they repeat each of the following thir- three phrases, 33 times. Subhanallah, i.e. limitless is Allah in His glory. Alhamdulillah, i.e. all praise is due to Allah. Allahu Akbar, Allah is greater. To complete 100, they add, There is no deity other than Allah, the one Allah who has no partner. To Him all dominion belongs and to Him all praise is due and He has the power to do everything. He tells us that, its reward is the forgiveness of one's sins, even though they may be as many as the foam on the surface of the sea, related by Muslim. The Prophet said, the Prophet, may peace and a blessing be upon him, said, 
such supplication and glorification Allah out and he counted the glorifications on his fingers. Uh, he tells us that the person who recites the verse of the throne, i.e. verse chapter 2, verse 255, after every obligatory prayer, is only stopped from entering heaven by being alive. He also instructed us to recite the last two surahs of the Quran after every obligatory prayer. When he finished his fajr, the Prophet ﷺ said, My Lord, I pray that you give me useful knowledge, goodly income, and deeds you accept. The Prophet also said, Whoever says when he finishes Maghrib and Fajr prayers before turning away to leave, there is no deity other than Allah, the one Allah who has no partner. To him all dominion belongs and to him all praise is due. He forgives life and causes death and he has the power to do everything repeating it ten times shall be credited for every time ten good deeds and ten evil deeds shall be wiped away from uh, his record and will be granted ten extra grades. It will be a protection for him from every evil thing and from Satan the accursed. No sin will catch up with him except associating partners with Allah. He'll be one, he will be one of the best people in deeds except a person who says more and better than he has said. Allah's Messenger, may peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, attended regularly to all five obligatory prayers. He tells us that Allah has made these obligatory to his servants every day and night. He also said that Allah erases a person's sins when he offers his five daily prayers. Whoever offers these prayers with good ablution, proper devotion and prostration, they atone for what preceded them of sins apart from major ones. He said that whoever abandons prayer altogether disbelieves. The Prophet encouraged offering the obligatory prayer in congregation in the mosque. He said a person's prayer with the congregation multiplies the reward of his same prayer at home or at his workplace 25 times. That is because when he performs the ablution well, then goes to the mosque, having no purpose for going out except the prayer, then for every step he is raised a great and a bad deed is erased from his record. When he prays, the angels continue to bless him while he is in his worship uh, place, saying, Lord, forgive him, Lord, bestow mercy on him. He will be considered to be engaged in a prayer while waiting for the congregational prayer. He expressed the desire to burn the homes of people who continuously stayed away from congregational prayer in the mosque. <coughs> the Prophet ﷺ, may peace and a blessing of Allah be upon him, said, whoever prays Isha with a congregation is like one who spends half the night in worship and whoever also prays Fajr with a congregation is like one who spends the entire night in a prayer. He informed us that whoever prays Asr and Fajr will be admitted into heaven. The Prophet ﷺ, in peace and blessing will be upon him, maintained offering the regular Sunnah, i.e. recommended prayers. Ibn Umar said, I learned from the Prophet the offering of ten rak'ahs, two rak'ahs before Dhuhr and two after it, 
تورك از افتر مغرب ات هوم تورك از افتر عشا ات هوم ان تورك از افتر افتر فجر پرير ات تايمز ذا بروفيت ذا بروفيت ات تايمز ذا بروفيت اوفرد فور ركع از بيفور ظهر ات هوم ان ذا تو ركع از اوف سنه برير افتر مغرب هي ود ريسايت سوره 109 and 112 he also recited these two surahs at times in the sunnah prayer before fajr and and at other times he recited in the first rak'ah the verse say all of you we believe in allah and in what has been revealed to us and in what was revealed to ibrahim ismail isaac ishaq <coughs> isaac jacob and their descendants and in what was given to Moses and Jesus and in what all prophets have been given by the Lord. We make no distinction between any of them and to Allah we have surrendered ourselves. Chapter 2 verse 136 and in the second rakah he recited the verse say people of area revelations let us come to an agreement which is equitable between you and us that we shall worship none but Allah that we shall associate no partners with him and that will and that we shall not take one another for lords besides Allah and if they turn away then say bear witness that we have surrendered ourselves to Allah Quran chapter 3 verse 64 The Prophet also offered voluntary prayer in mid-morning, recommending Abu Huraira to offer this prayer. He tells us that it compensates for the body's daily charity, which means that it is equal to giving 360 sadaqah or charities. The Prophet also prayed for voluntary rak'ahs before the obligatory asr prayer, splitting them two and two. He said, May Allah bestow mercy on a person who prays for rak'ahs before asr. The prophets the prophets praises of Allah morning and evening. The prophets praises of Allah morning and evening. I'll stop here then I'll continue. This is Dr. Khalid Ibrahim Dosiri from Dammam, Saudi Arabia reading this very important book for all Muslims. Take care everyone. Salam, peace.